Welcome, everyone. You're listening to The River Podcast, where you can find messages to help you strengthen your walk with Christ and refresh your soul. Here's our message from this past week. I'm really excited about this series because uh, boundaries have changed my life. And I think I've told you guys several times over, if you're here for the first time, I had had such a difficult time with setting boundaries in my life when I was in college. And it got me into a lot of trouble with my teachers, in my relationships, with my friends. Um, And God really spoke to me the last couple years about boundaries. It was something God had taught me, but I never thought about talking about it with people. Um, But as you get to know people, you start to realize that they might not have boundaries in an area that they need to have boundaries in their life. And and the Bible actually talks about, like last week, we talked about love. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. And even in 1 Corinthians 13, one of the most popular chapters in the Bible, even though it's exciting to talk all about what love is, love is actually full of boundaries. So 1 Corinthians 13 doesn't just tell us what love is. It also tells us what love is not. It sets a boundary. So when you're maybe looking for your future spouse or you're in a relationship or a friendship, these are things that you need to check in yourself and things that you can also check in others to see if, if they have truly have love in their life or if it's what love is not. And I don't say that to make anyone feel bad, but I say that because there are boundaries that we need to set in our lives that are actually transformational to our lives and to our relationships. If you're gonna get married, and you haven't set any boundaries in your personal relationships, your marriage is going to fail. If you have a friendship that has no boundaries and you let your friend leech off of you all the time and every time they call, you answer, and every time they ask anything of you, you're there, you're actually hurting them more than you think by not letting them do things on their own. In every area of life, we find that we need boundaries, right? We need boundaries. Can I get an amen? We need boundaries in our lives. We learn it when we get married. We learn it when we're in high school. We learn it when we're kids because we never want boundaries when we're little kids. We learn right off the bat that there needs to be boundaries for our life to go well. And so tonight specifically, this is the question that I want to ask you. We've talked about what boundaries are, what boundaries aren't, why we need them in our lives. We talked about how the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need boundaries because our flesh will inevitably take over if we don't have boundaries in our lives. And we talked about love, dating, marriage, relationships, and why we need them in our lives. And tonight I'm going to ask you this question. What are you letting in to your life? What are you letting in to your life? What are you allowing in to your life? I want you to think about that for a second. Think about your life. Think about everything that makes your life up, your your parents, your friends, your relationship that you're in, maybe your classes, your school, you know, all the things that you do, your job. And I want you to think for a second, what am I letting into my life? What conversations am I letting into my life? What movies am I letting into my life? What music am I letting into my life? What people am I allowing to speak into my life? Because you have a decision to make. You can actually stop that person who's speaking death and negativity over your life. You can actually stop them in their tracks and say, I'm not going to hear that anymore. You have that power inside of you. And sometimes we forget that God has given us everything we need for life. The Bible says God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And when it says godliness, it doesn't say that to intimidate you. Godliness just means a God-centered life. That at the core of your life and the core of who you are, you'll find God there. Because everything rotates around him. Everything in our lives should rotate around the central thing, which should be God in our lives. So the Bible tells us God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. I'm going to get into more of that because that can seem a little bit intimidating, okay? God's given me everything I need for life. Well, what do you mean by that? Because I feel like there's things I need that I don't have. And I want to talk to you about that today, but I'm going to give you an example. Have you ever been um, home alone? Um, Maybe you live with a bunch of people and you're never alone, but have you ever been alone, maybe in a dorm room or somewhere in your life, And you're not expecting anyone, but all of a sudden you hear a pounding at the door or you hear the doorbell being rung. Anybody? Now, one time this happened to me, but the problem was I had watched a documentary 
that my husband kept telling me not to watch, you know, it was one of those crime documentaries. And I was right near the end of it. And it was, it was getting to like the climax of the documentary where, you know, everybody's freaked out if they're watching it. And I decide all alone when my husband's in busy season at work that before he gets home, I'm gonna finish this documentary because he, he doesn't wanna watch it. So I'm, I'm sitting there and, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm not really worried necessarily, but I'm starting to get a little bit creeped out. And right near the end of the last episode, I pause to go to the kitchen to get some water. And I'm in the kitchen, you know, minding my own business. My husband's not gonna be home for another hour. And all of a sudden I hear someone banging at the door. Like, an, it sounds like an urgency. Has that ever happened to someone before? You're not expecting anyone, yet someone's at the door pounding, you know, on the door. You're already scared for multiple reasons. And I was thinking about it the other day because I remember the fear that came over me, not just because someone was banging at the door, but because of what I had been watching, right? It was, you know, a serial killer type deal. And when you're home alone as a, as a young woman and you hear pounding on the door and you're not expecting anybody and no one's around, right? I remember even um, calling John, you know, are you expecting anyone like before I, I open the door? And he's like, no. And so I remember being really reluctant. And for the first 10 seconds before I answered the door, my heart was beating. Now you got to put it in perspective. I was like almost done with this documentary. When you're in that heightened state of mind, like, everyone's a serial killer in that moment. You know, whoever was knocking on the door was there to, to kill me, okay? So the first 10 seconds is just complete fear. And I remember just thinking, why are they knocking so hard? Like, who is this? And so I finally walked to the door and what we all do, we either look through the window or the peephole and we see who it is. And it was one of my neighbors who actually comes to the church coming to bring me some food just because she was thinking of me. And so talk about making, you know, a mountain out of a molehill, you know, I'm terrified and shook and like, she's looking at me and I probably look like a raccoon, like just terrified, scared when I open the door and, and she's like, oh, I just wanted to bring this over to you. And so, you know, I was making a big deal out of nothing, but it made me think about this question. What are you letting in? Because there's a decision that you get to make. And as humans, we often say that we can't do something because we don't want to. Remember when you were a kid and you maybe were learning to tie your shoes? I remember telling my mom, she told me this, that I told her I couldn't tie my shoe, even though I had just learned how to do it. But the reason that I was telling her that is because I wanted her to tie them for me again, because I didn't want to have to do it. So sometimes as humans, we say we can't do something just because we don't want to. We know how. We have what we need to make the call, to make the decision, and yet we say I can't. And in our lives, sometimes we, we get a knock at the door. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's a person that we decided, you know what, I can't have them in my life right now for my own sake, but they come knocking at the door again. And you're faced with a decision. And as humans, we think we have to open the door no matter what, but you have a decision that you get to make. What are you letting in to your life? What are you letting in to your relationships, your marriage? What are you letting into your friendships? What are you letting into your family? What are you letting into your mind? Because it all starts here in our thoughts. Every time you get up in the morning, you can either get out of the bed and you can say, God, I give you this day, even though I don't feel like going to work right now, even though I'm going through the toughest season of my life, you get to make the decision. The enemy does not rule your life. The things that you see and you hear, you can make a decision. Now, sometimes you're somewhere and there's someone's playing something that you just don't wanna be listening to and you're stuck and there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe you can ask them to turn it off, whatever the case. But when it comes to what you're letting inside of your heart, your soul, your mind, what are you letting in? Because when that knock comes at the door, you have options. You can look through the peephole, you can look through the window, you can assess who is this person? Is this a stranger? Is this somebody that I know? For me, it was just my friendly neighbor. So I knew and I could assess in that moment, it's safe to open the door. But if I looked through that peephole and it was some unrecognizable man and he looked angry or it was some unrecognizable person to me, I probably wouldn't have opened the door. And these are the kind of decisions that we need to be making in our life. 
We look through the peephole. We look through the window. We assess what's trying to come in and we stop it in its tracks and we refuse to answer the door. You can refuse to answer the door. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You can say yes or you can say no. And as we talked about, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So many times in our lives, we're faced with a decision. So ask yourself, what am I letting in? Amen? So I'm going to read tonight um, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. I'm going to be in the NIV version. We have read this almost every week, but this time I'm going to go beyond the verse that we read every week. We're going to go a little, a little deeper there. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Amen? Can anyone say amen to that? So God gives us what we need. And as we talk tonight, we're gonna talk about these things that God is telling us to do in Proverbs. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. It says, give careful thought to the paths that your feet will take and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or to the left. So God is telling us to be on our guard, right? He's telling us to watch what we're seeing before us. Keep our gaze directly in front of us because from every side and from every single angle, there will be things that will be fiery darts. There will be things that come against our life. But God has given you every single thing that you need to combat the enemy. So every time the enemy comes with his lies, every time the enemy tells you it's over when it's not, you can make a decision today who you're going to believe. We ask the question in church all the time, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report that God brings? Or are you going to believe the report of somebody else in your life? How many times have you had a, a really bad situation going on and you confided in the wrong person and they began to just dig into that wound that you have by asking you questions and telling you, yeah, my friend had the same deal and it worked out really bad for her. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That sounds pretty bad. You don't need those kinds of people in your life. And you can choose what you're going to let in today and every single day. And in 2021, more than ever, we need God more than ever. We need the Holy Spirit more than ever to give us the discernment to say yes and no to the things we need to say no to and the things we need to say yes to. And let me tell you, when you begin to do that, your life will be transformed because God has given you a power inside of you. You could get nowhere else. But the question is, are you even using it? Have you ever been on the phone with somebody? We, I've been here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of you. I don't want to judge people. But have you ever been on the phone and you're talking to somebody and, and you're, you're kind of distracted and the, the person's like, hey, I'm talking. And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm looking for my phone. And you're holding it and you're talking, right? But you're looking for your phone. Or your wallet's in your back pocket and you're looking everywhere for your wallet. But you kind of know it's there, but for some reason you, you can't remember and you begin to look for it. God has given you what you need and you might not even realize it. You might have things that you're capable of that you don't even know you're capable of. It's just like with Eric, the very thing he thought was his weakness. God says, no, that's the thing I'm going to use. What you think is failing you, that's what I'm going to use. Amen. Do you believe that today for yourself, for the people in your life that are hurting and broken, that God wants to use the very thing that you don't like about yourself? He wants to use the very thing that you're struggling with. Are you following me today? So guard your heart. Everything flows from it. Keep your mouth from perversity. Keep your, your lips from corrupt talk. Let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze before you. This is encouragement to you today to keep looking ahead, to keep moving forward. Even when you're struggling, keep moving forward. God uses the Bible 
to bring about our life change. He uses the Holy Spirit to bring about life change. He uses circumstances to bring about life change. And he uses our prayer life to bring about life change. All of these things God uses to change us from the inside out. So are you using the tools that you have? Are you praying? Are you getting in the word? Are you accessing the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives us to change us? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? They called you and they were broken. Someone called me the other day and their daughter had just passed away. And as a pastor, you, it's so difficult when you're in one frame of mind and someone calls you with that kind of news. And all I can tell you is nothing can truly prepare you for that moment when someone is so broken on the other line and you have no idea in your own self what to say because there's absolutely nothing to say. But the Holy Spirit takes over in the conversation. He gives you that, that peace in yourself to be able to compose yourself and help somebody else in their time of need. God does those things. But are we aware? Because without the Holy Spirit, the conversation would have gone south because I would have had no idea what to say to someone who just lost their daughter. But God comes into our circumstance and our situation. But are we letting him in? Or have we let so much other stuff get in that we can't even access those things he's given us? Amen? So point one, God has given you everything you need. God has given you everything you need. Peter, Second uh, Peter 1.3, NLT version says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need. It says it in the Bible. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So the Bible says that by God's power, he's given us everything we need to live the life he's called us to live. Within yourself, when you have said yes to Jesus, when the Holy Spirit has come into your life, you have everything you need to face any type of situation. But I want to share with you something that I hope uh, touches you as much as it touched me. And it's the reality. Um, some of you might have known God your whole life. Maybe some of you have only recently got saved, whatever the case may be. I remember hearing about trusting God my whole entire life. Maybe you heard that all your life too. That you need to trust God in every circumstance. And you can say by hearing it, yeah, I, I trust God. I trust God with everything. You can say it, but until you experience something that is out of your control, when it's real, what are you going to do? Are you going to trust God or are you, are you going to just completely forget everything that you know? I'm going to talk to you about this situation I had the other day. I was watching a movie with my husband. This movie is one of my top 10, at, at least at this point. It always changes, but the movie is called I'm Your Woman. And it's about this, this young woman who's married and she's always wanted a baby. She finally has a baby, but finds out after the baby comes that her husband is a criminal. And so all the things he's been doing that she thought he was doing, he's actually been doing really bad things and he's a criminal. And he goes, all right, you know, I gotta go. I gotta take care of this situation, but I'm gonna leave you with this man who's going to protect you. And his name was Cal. So all of a sudden this woman, she has no experience really in the real world, she's just married to this guy and she has this new baby and she's always home and she's kind of just, you know, the mother working at home and she, she doesn't have a lot of experience in anything else. So Cal comes and he says, you got to come with me because, you know, your husband is on the run and I'm here to protect you because people are going to come for you because of your husband. So she goes and she takes the baby with him and he takes her for a while and, and hides her out and he's always protecting her. People try to come and you know, the, you know the deal. He, he has to kill people. He has to protect her in some way. And then he comes to a situation where he has to go on another work call. So he takes her to this lodge out in the middle of the woods where the rest of his family is hiding out. And he says, you're going to have to stay with my family until I come back. And so the grandfather in the family he starts to develop a friendship with her. And as they talk, you know, she's like, he's basically like, you're going to need to learn how to shoot a gun. Because if none of us are there to protect you, you're going to need to know how to protect yourself and your child. And she was like, why would I ever need to learn how to shoot a gun? And, and he's like, I need to teach you. So he takes her out to teach her. 
And she asks him all these questions and she's trying to hold the gun and she's shaking. She wants nothing to do with it, but yet she needs to know how to protect her child because one day something bad might happen. And so she's trying to figure it out and the grandpa turns to her and says, you know what, anyone can shoot a gun, but the real question is, what are you gonna do when it's real? Anyone can learn, anyone can figure this out when someone's teaching them, but what are you gonna do when it's real. And that's my question for you tonight. You've learned a lot, you know a lot, but what are you gonna do when it's real? And the whole world has been hit with that question. In 2020, a lot of people that maybe had never been really hit with that question, we've all faced circumstances, but you know those life altering circumstances? Those things that shake your whole entire world? Those things you don't know if you'll ever come back from? And you have to trust God when you see no way out at all, what are you gonna do when it's real? Think about that for a second. As the movie went on, she finds herself in a situation. She has a gun, her baby she left with the family so that she could go on this mission, this thing she has to accomplish. She gets into a room and these guys pull a gun out and she hides and she's so in fear, she's shaking. She's so scared, she forgets she has a gun in her pocket and everyone runs out. And when she runs out and she's shaking because she's so scared, she reaches in her pocket and she feels the gun and she realizes I had it the whole time and I didn't even use it. And for you and I, that's what we do. A circumstance comes and we crack under the pressure. We forget what God has given us. We're not willing to use what he's given us. And my question for you is, do you even realize what you have? And if you realize that you have it, are you gonna use it when it's real? Because let me tell you, the next time she found herself in a situation, a man pulled her out of a moving car and stuck her in another car and put a gun to her head, she remembered where that gun was. And I won't, for the sake of a sermon, go into the gory details, but she did what she had to do to protect herself and her baby. What are you gonna do when it's real? When you're really struggling, when life isn't, helping, when life isn't good enough, when Instagram isn't good enough and your friend's phone calls aren't good enough, what are you gonna do when it's real? When life really gets tough, when you get a call telling you that you're sick, that you're gonna die. I was talking to somebody that said years and years ago, they got a three month life sentence. You're gonna die in three months. And he told us, it was me and Eric, and he told us the whole mindset that he went through. And he went to a service one night, he got prayed for and miraculously, he went back to the doctor, they checked the tests, no cancer anymore, you're not gonna die. And the guy was telling him, but you have to die. Because that's what we saw, you had to die, you were supposed to die. And they were actually doing a study of his case. And it was like, you need to die because we need to finish this case. Talk about insanity, just why? But these are the kind of things that can happen in our lives. What are you gonna do when it's real? Are you gonna remember what God's told you? Are you gonna remember who you are? Are you gonna remember everything that he's given you? Or are you gonna forget? Are you just gonna look at the situation and think it's too big for God? Because that's what we do when we don't respond. When we crack down in fear, we're saying, God, you're big, but you're not bigger than this circumstance. We don't believe it. We don't truly believe everything that we've been taught. And when the circumstance comes, and I'll tell you, like I told you, you know, in years past, maybe it's been almost two years now, struggling with a chronic illness in my jaw, not knowing when it's going to end. The beginning of that season, when everything felt like it was falling apart, I went into the darkest, deepest depression. I've never been in depression in my entire life. What was I gonna do when it was real? And I saw where my trust was, and it wasn't in God. It was in people. God was on the list, but he wasn't at the top. And so my world came crashing down. What are you gonna do when it's real? In Jesus Christ, you find everything that you need for life. That's what Peter's telling us in the scripture. In Jesus Christ. So if you're, if you're like, what does all this mean? These verses are confusing. Peter is saying that in Jesus Christ, you will find everything that you need. So if you're looking for the answers in somebody or something other than Jesus Christ, you're not going to find an answer that's going to sustain you or satisfy you. It is in Jesus that we find everything that we need. He gives us strength in times when we're weary. 
He gives us joy and sadness. He gives us strength to be able to help someone when we're at the end of our rope and we don't feel like helping anybody. But when the Holy Spirit is working in you, you're able to do things you never thought possible. And you might feel weak afterwards. You might feel tired. But God gives strength to the weary. That's what the Bible says. He gives strength to the weary. Amen. So what does a godly life or godly, godliness mean? I said it's a God-centered life. It's the type of life God wants us to have, a, God, a life centered around God and his presence. So I have this point that um, Christiane's going to put up. Before you decide on letting it in, ask yourself what you already have. Before you decide that you're going to let something or someone into your life, ask yourself what you already have. Why would I say that? Because if you're going to allow, let's say, you know, you have a thought, and we talked about this before. You have a thought that comes to your mind. Now, all of us, we have thoughts that fly around in our head. You might see somebody and something about them that you're initially thinking, right? Maybe, I don't know, they talk funny or they're acting funny or they're weird or whatever. We have an initial thought that we cannot control. You can't control every thought that enters your mind, but you can absolutely control what you choose to dwell upon. The problem is we have thoughts that come in that we want to dwell upon. And we think that we can just say, you know, I don't have the strength to deal with this. It's not that you don't, it's just you're not willing to do it. And so I even had times today, when even knowing that I was going to preach this message where the enemy was putting these random thoughts in my head, like high school stuff. You know when this the old past kind of comes back into your mind? Things you already overcame and they're creeping back into your thoughts and you're like, where did that come from? You know, it could even be something where you're just like, what? That, has, that isn't even me. Like, where is that coming from? We can't control every thought that enters our mind, but we control what stays there. What are you letting in? It all starts in our thoughts. So when it comes to what we let in our mind, our heart, our soul, our body, the things we eat, the people you allow to touch you, let's be honest, who are you allowing in your space? What are you allowing into your mind? Because it matters. The world wants you to believe that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people you sleep with. It doesn't matter, you know, what you do or what you decide that you want to do. Just make your own choices. It's all about what you want. When you want it, go get what you want. You only live once. It's a lie. And it's a trap that so many people have fallen into. Follow your heart, except they leave out, follow your heart if it's submitted to God. Follow your heart if there's boundaries. Follow your heart if you're guarding it, right? But the world leaves that out and just says, follow your heart. If you feel you wanna do it in a moment, just do it. Take advantage of the moment. That's not what God says. And how many times have you done that thing you shouldn't have done and you thought it would fill you up and it left you feeling emptier than ever. We've all been there before. Before you decide on letting it in, ask yourself what you already have. This is pretty straightforward in marriage, right? You get a thought about somebody else. You have a, a spouse, you have a husband, you have a wife already, but yet the thought comes in. Are you gonna dwell there? Because the moment you decide you're gonna dwell on the thought, it's one thing to have a thought. The moment you decide to dwell on it, there's already gonna be problems. And the grass is always greener on the other side, but it's not, right? So if I'm deciding whether or not to let something in that is bad for me, it's important that I know I have the strength to keep it, keep it out. So boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Boundaries help, help you to keep the good in and the bad out. So what are you letting into your life? You know, when you're a teenager and you had the keep out sign on your door, did anyone have that when you're a teenager? Keep out? Nobody? Oh, okay, okay, good, good. I had the one where you put it on your wall. It was like the little electronic thing and you press the button and it says, keep out. Or like the other one, would, you'd press it and it'd be like, no boys allowed. You know, like all those weird ones. My mom got them for me. But I was thinking about how funny that was because I only used them when I needed them. You know, if Daniel was running around or something, I would have it up on my door if I just didn't want him running into my room or something or keep out when Susan was running into my room all the time, which she did way more than Daniel did. 
So the keep out sign on your door, I want you to think about that in terms of your heart and your life, that you're willing to say keep out to the things that you don't want to have in your life. You may want them in a moment, but you know that long term and with the longevity and the, the things that God has called you to do, I'm not willing to forfeit who God has made me to be or what God has made me to do for one moment that I give up into pleasure or I give up into just wanting to, I don't know, feel better about myself for a moment by putting someone else down, whatever the case may be, keep out. I want nothing to do with you. You are not welcome here. That's the power you have as a son and daughter of the living God. You can say no to the things that you don't think you can say no to. And there's so much power. Every no you say that you say it with purpose. Every no you say makes your yes more powerful. Amen. So if we don't know the power God has already given us, how will we know that we have strength to keep the wrong things out? Number two, your thought life is how you talk to yourself every day. Your thought life is how you talk to yourself every day. Now, thank God we, we don't have a situation where we can hear each other's thoughts. I'm thankful for that. I don't want to read people's minds. I don't want to know what they're thinking. I, I have to deal with my own brain. I don't want to have to deal with what other people are thinking. But your thought life is how you talk to yourself every day. So I want to ask you, how are you talking to yourself every day? What are you allowing in? And how are you thinking about you? How are you thinking about your life? Because if you're not thinking well of you or your life, you're definitely not going to think well about others. Because if you don't think well about yourself, how can you really love other people the way that you're supposed to? Your thought life is how you talk to yourself every day. So when you wake up in the morning and you have a thought that you know isn't from God, maybe you, you wake up in the morning, you feel really bad about yourself. I don't feel nice today. I don't feel like I want to be friendly to anyone today. I don't, I don't feel like I have anything to offer today. I don't feel attractive today. I don't feel funny today. Have you ever had those days where you just feel off? You're like around people, but like something's off. And I had one of those days this week. Every encounter I had with somebody, it just felt awkward. Like it just felt like, you know what I mean? You're just not gelling with somebody and you feel so uncomfortable. You just want to run away because <laughs> you're like, it's not happening today. Let's just go to bed and start over the next day. But your thought life is how you talk to yourself every day. And I realized that day, and this isn't always the case. Sometimes the other person's acting weird. But I realized that day that I was cultivating thoughts that were not helping me about who God had made me to be, about my health situation, about what I was capable of. And I was believing the wrong things and I wasn't talking to myself well. So think about that. We don't always think about our thoughts that way, but your thoughts are how you talk to yourself every day. So if you're going to have a conversation with yourself and all day long, you're going to have to deal with all these thoughts you can't let everything in. You have to choose what's going to come in and what's going to go. And you have to make that decision every day. Even if you know things feel off, you get in the car and you listen to that song that just makes you more angry because it feels good when you're angry to listen to something that's going to make you more angry. It's every little decision you make that makes a difference. Do you access the power you have inside of yourself that God has given you to make the call? to make the decision, what direction is my life going to go today? Amen. Second Corinthians 10, four through five. The weapons we fight are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. So every thought that I have It'll come in just like we talked about. I take it captive before I dwell there. And what my friend said that I love so much, she said, think about it like an interrogation. And this spoke to me so much because I love watching interrogation videos. If I wasn't like squirmish and like weird about things like that, I would want to be in the FBI and interrogate people because I find it so interesting the way that they they cause people's guards to be let down so the truth will come out. And I thought about that in terms of, of what we're talking about. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So sometimes, you know, they'll catch somebody, they'll bring them in for interrogation, and they'll ask them an important question. Who sent you? Who are you working for? And my friend just really enlightened me with that idea that every thought we take captive, we need to ask the question, who sent you? Where did you come from? Are you from God? Are you true? Because if you're not, you got to go. 
And that's the kind of interrogation we need to have with our own thoughts. And you might say that sounds weird and that's just a little bit extreme. No, where your thoughts are going to take you is extreme. It's those moments where you make the call, you make the decision. And I'm not telling you that every time you're going to come out victorious because sometimes we go with the flow, we dwell on the thought, and we find ourselves in a situation we didn't want to be in. We're human. It's going to happen. But I want you to know the power you have inside of you and that even the times you've said yes when you should have said no, you had the power to say no. And you have that power in you. And I don't say that to make you feel bad because I screw up every other week. But I tell you that because... I want you to think about it like an interrogation because the enemy works hard to get you thinking the wrong thoughts. Because if he can get you thinking the wrong thoughts, he can redirect your life and it's gonna start going in a different direction. Sometimes it's gonna feel good. Sometimes it's gonna feel right. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be all wrong and you're gonna feel the weight of that. So interrogators are there to get the truth. You need to be there with your thoughts to get the truth. Who sent you? Where did you come from, right? So when a thought comes, it's time for you to get the truth. Who sent you? Where did you come from? Is that helping anybody today? Where did you come from? Who sent you? It goes the same, not just with sin, but with fear. You know, every time I get on the plane, I have a thought and I can choose whether I'm gonna dwell on it because I hate flying or I'm just going to stop it right there. And it sounds impossible until I, until I started to do it. And yeah, I was still scared in the natural, but overall I was able to have peace and to take a moment, take a breath and realize who was in control, not of just the plane, but of my life. And that truly, and this sounds kind of severe and some people think this way, but when it's your time to go and God calls you home, it's your time. Maybe that gives some of you peace today. It's just your life is so far out of your control when it comes to living or dying. God knows that day when you're going to come home to him. And we don't have a guarantee. We've learned that the last couple of years more than ever. You are not guaranteed another moment. And yet here we are, we're breathing and we're living and we're so caught up on the small things. But at any moment, life is like a breath, right? And I don't say that to scare you, but I find such peace in knowing that no matter when I go home, God knew the time to take me there, right? And that's a hard, it's hard to get to that place. It takes a really long time to even be okay with that. Before it was like, I don't want to die. Like, please, God, just let me live till I'm 120, you know? And there's actually a woman who's like 119, believe it or not. But anyways, she's like the oldest woman in the world. But that's another discussion. I watch weird things. I like to know like all that kind of stuff. Um, but when we think that way, we understand that God is in control it really takes the weight off of our shoulders. We'll still get scared and we'll still get overwhelmed, but God is in control and that gives me peace today. So you can't control every thought, but you can control what you dwell on. And you may think you're powerless against your thoughts, but you're not. I've been in a room where I was watching a movie with a bunch of my friends, guys and girls, and we didn't know that there was something in this movie <laughs> that was maybe inappropriate. And I remember we were watching and it got to that weird scene where, you know, everyone in the room feels uncomfortable. And I remember one of my guy friends, he stood up, he like blinked a couple times <laughs> and then he walked out of the room and we were like, and then my friend just took the remote and started fast forwarding because <laughs> she felt bad. She's like, oh, maybe he left because this isn't something he can handle. But later on, I remember we talked about it like a few days later and he was like, I know what I can handle and I know what I can't. And I knew where it was going to go if I stayed in the room. So I left. I've had guy friends that destroyed their computer with a bat. I mean, people go to extreme lengths when they decide, I'm not going to let this control my life anymore. And I'm not telling you to go home and destroy your computer. But it's really powerful when people realize that it's important to make those decisions, to make those calls, not just for you know, the sake of, oh, I'm, I don't want to be living a life of sin, but I want to watch out for what God has given me. I want to watch out for my future spouse. I want to watch out for the things that God has in store for me. And I don't want to forfeit that every day by just giving into something else, ha letting it have control over my life. And God can heal anything. You could have had an addiction for 12 years. God can do the impossible, but there has to be a moment where we make the call, where we make the decision today, it stops. And I'm not going to be a perfect person, but today this life of addiction stops. It's done. 
So I want to say this to you. It's time to edit your thoughts. It's time to edit your thoughts. This is one of the craziest things in my mind because for me, I love to edit. But I love it because I used to hate it and I learned that I had to work on it. Every time we got papers that we had to write, people in my class thought I was so weird because I would get excited. I would get really excited to go home and write a paper. Math, science, forget it. But writing a story or doing something with literature or, or doing spelling stuff, I was just so into that. And so I remember I would write and but my issue that my teachers always told me was they would say, okay, I want you guys to write a 10-page paper. And I would come in and I would bring a 15-page paper. And my teacher would look at it and go, Jen, I said 10, not 15. But I always told my teacher, I don't have good editing skills. I don't know how to edit. And I remember in college trying to learn. Clearly, I can't, still can't edit that well because my sermons always go a little longer than I expect. But I thought that it was powerful for us today there's so much stuff that we've let in. And there's some things that we let in, we made the wrong call and they've dwelled in our lives. Maybe, there, maybe there's an addiction going on in our life or someone that we know, something that we've just continually let in. And God was speaking to me, it's time to edit your thoughts. It's time to keep what you need and get rid of what you don't need. So if you ever write a paper, you could write the best paper in the world, but if no one edits it, or if you don't take out what's not necessary, no one's going to read it. It's going to be too long. There's so much that doesn't matter in it. There's so much that probably isn't even good in it because you didn't edit, right? And I just imagine this picture of us, the story of our lives, unedited. We're the editors. God has given us so much. But it's time for us to edit our thoughts. The things that we let in, it's time to edit. It's time to break it down. What do I need and what do I not need? Because that makes the difference. If you think about your favorite TV show and someone let you watch it uncut and unedited, you would hate it. You literally, you'd be like, oh, this is so annoying. They have hours and hours and hours of footage and they're redoing the take like 10 times each and you're watching a bad take and you're like, oh crap, now the good take doesn't even look good because I saw the bad take, right? They edit and editing is what makes a good show. It really is. Even the YouTubers that are super famous, they get a good editor because editing matters. And I say that because I think it's relatable for us in our lives. Maybe, maybe all it is for you is going home and opening your notebook and writing in all of the things that seem to be taking over your mind each day. Maybe it's 10 things. Maybe it's 20 things. Maybe it's two things. Whatever it is. And begin to cross out those things you don't want there anymore. Begin to work on it. Begin to cultivate the good thoughts and get rid of the ones that come that you know are not good for you, that you know aren't just gonna hurt you, but they're gonna hurt a lot of other people too, because that's how it works. Ephesians 4.23, amplified classic version, it says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, meaning have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Remember what we said in the very beginning of this series that physical boundaries are easy to see. A wall, right? A barrier, a line, something physical that you can see, right? There's a stage here and it ends at a certain point. And if I just kept walking, I'm inevitably going to fall. We understand physical boundaries, but what we don't see as easy are spiritual boundaries, but they're just as real. There's a spiritual realm. There's a fighting happening beyond what we can see. The enemy doesn't want you to succeed. You can't physically see him, but he's there, right? And there are so many things that if we allow to cultivate, we think it doesn't matter until one day we're buried in our addiction. We're buried in our hurt and our pain. We're buried in something we feel we can never get out of, right? We've eaten the wrong things our whole life and now we're sick. We've done something and we've allowed something to terrorize us. And now we live with fear and we're crippled every single day. It's just as spiritual as it is physical. And so many people forget that. So think about that today, that your physical boundaries are really obvious, but your spiritual boundaries that you need, they're not as easy to see. So we need to be on our guard, like it said in the beginning. Keep your eyes fixed. Continue moving forward. Don't turn to the right or to the left or step on something evil because what begins to happen is we begin to cultivate the wrong thoughts and we think it doesn't matter until it does. Amen. So number three, what you watch and what you listen to will impact you. 
What you watch and what you listen to will impact you. I'm almost done. This is a short, this is a short point, but I felt God speaking to me about the things, and this has been my mantra, I think since I started the river, before it was the river and it was unfamous, that what we watch and what we listen to matter. There's been so many conversations I've had with people where they were telling me about something that they were dealing with or nightmares that they were having. And the first question I asked them is, what have you been watching? And the second question, what have you been listening to? Because part of the passion that God has given me is to help others realize that what they watch and what they listen to matters. I say that because every single time I thought that I could handle something that I knew did not belong in my life, I would have night terrors for weeks. If anyone knows me, you know that I can't handle much when it comes to murder or like, you know, I don't know, something on TV that just really just gets you thinking. I get so obsessed and I get so stuck on it and my mind can't let it go. And I think sometimes God allows us to be that way and it's a gift because we realize what we can't handle. And we go, you know what, maybe this is terrorizing me, but I made that decision to let that in and now it's here. So what am I gonna do? It doesn't have to stay there, right? I can't tell you how many times someone has prayed with me and at the end of the day, it was something that I allowed into my mind that I should have never let in. And it caused fear to just grow and grow and grow in my life. You can't have peace that way. God doesn't want that for us. What you watch and what you listen to will impact you. You have to have a boundary with what you watch and what you listen to. And I'm gonna step on a lot of toes because let's be honest, there's probably things, shows that we've watched, all of us in this room are like, that probably wasn't the best thing to watch before bed. That probably wasn't the best thing to watch before I took a trip with my friends. That, that probably wasn't the best thing to put into my mind right before, I don't know, a big job interview. There are so many things at work against us. And the enemy will always be there to lie to you. But God is so much stronger than your circumstance than the lies that the devil will bring. And in Psalm 119, 37, it says this in the NIV version. It says, turn my eyes from worthless things. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Sorry. If you know um, Lauren Daigle, she is an incredible worship leader. She has a bunch of albums out and she redid a song, an old hymn that's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. You know, look full into his wondrous face. It's, it's very, it's an old, old hymn. If you ever want to look it up, it's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. But I really realized the, the power of that song the other day. It was one of those songs I honestly always skipped and it was just left on one day as I was working. And you know, when you're not thinking to change the song because you're focused, right when I was done with what I was working on, those words came into my head, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full to his wondrous face. Why does it tell us to turn our eyes? You know, when we accept Jesus into our life, it's a turning that we're doing. We're turning away from the worthless things, from the old things, from the things that used to control us. And we're turning around to walk into a new life that God has set before us. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Give me life through your word. You might think that what you're watching, what you're listening to is not impacting you, but it will come out in one way or another. Doesn't mean if you watch a murder show, you're gonna murder somebody. But what I mean is, the fears that come with that, the anxieties that come with that. Maybe it's something else, I don't know. We, there's a lot of crazy things on Netflix and all over the place and they're not editing out anything anymore. And we need to make the call. What am I gonna allow into my spirit? What am I going to allow into my mind, my heart, my soul, my relationship? Because sometimes girls or guys, you're letting things in with your partner and it's not just affecting you, it's affecting them. And I remember when my husband told me, I don't want to watch these documentaries anymore. And I'm like, come on, like, they're so good. And I had to realize, okay, like, he doesn't want this in our house. And I had to understand that. And he was right. Because then I was sleeping like a baby again, instead of like up all night, like researching it or wanting to know the next thing. And we have those boundaries in our lives for a reason. So um, I'm going to close right here, but the worship team can come up. We're just going to sing as we close today. But, you know, if you think about uh, Peter on the waves, you know, 
and Jesus is the one that we're supposed to keep our eyes upon. Because when we look down, when we look at the reality of the situation, when we look at the lives around us and we look at COVID and we look at the political world right now, we look at all the things going on, there's a reason that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because we're gonna sink if we don't. If you begin to look at your situation and you keep your eyes focused there, then that's what you're gonna be looking at. But when you turn your eyes to Jesus, when you decide everything that I let in, every word that I speak, everything that I do, I want it to be because I know who God has called me to be. I know the purpose that he's given me in my life. And that means I've gotta say no. Everyone else could be saying yes, but I have to say no. And that's not easy, especially in the Instagram world that we live in, in the TikTok world, and everything's about affirmation, and everything's about, do you like me, and do you like this, and how many people are gonna follow me, and how many people are gonna get behind me? And we've got it backwards. We're here on this earth to follow Jesus. We're here on this earth to keep our eyes fixed upon him, because if we don't, we're not gonna make it out. Fix your eyes upon Jesus tonight. If it's your past that's holding you back, God is bigger than your past. Pastor Andreas, one of our pastors here who preaches multiple times a year, someone that I really look up to, he said, when the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. When he reminds you of that thing that you did again, when you said you weren't gonna do it again, remind him of his future because God has a plan for you no matter what you've done. No matter what you did before you came here, no matter what you did a year ago, no matter how dark things got for you, God has a special call on your life. And you're here today for a reason. So I just want everyone to stand right where you are today. And I feel strong that there's been things going on with people. They've been watching some things, they've been letting some things into their, their sight into their hearing and to their senses that it's really been bothering you. It's been messing with you. And maybe for you today, you've been watching something, you've been listening to something that you know has been messing with you. As every eye is closed and head is bowed. If that's you today, and I'm not gonna judge you at all and nobody's looking at you, trust me. If maybe you've been watching something or listening to something and you lift your hand today and you say, God, I need your help because I didn't think I could get out of this, but tonight I realize that I can. And God, I call upon you right now. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not, no one's gonna judge you, keep it raised. And just say, God, I need your help. God, I need your help today. God, I am small without you. I don't make it without you, God, but with you, I know that I can overcome. God has made you more than a conqueror. You have more than enough. You have more than what you need to be able to defend yourself, to be able to fight against the lies of the enemy. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So today you might have thought of so many different things that you let in and you dwelled upon today. Say, God, I turn my eyes to you. I turn my focus to you. I turn my ears to what you have to say. I turn my soul to you today, God. Nothing else can satisfy me nothing else can sustain me God I've chosen the wrong thing for too long and even as you raise your hand don't feel bad everyone in this room has been there or they're there right now everyone's been there before as you raise your hand just say that out loud God I need your help God I need your help God what am I gonna do when it's real I need you, God. I need you to help me. I need you to guide me. I need your word, Lord. Help me in the moment of my weakness to call upon my strength that is you every day. God, you've given me breath. You've given me life. So many people are dying. God, we remember that this life is a breath. God, but you are our strength and you are the presence that we need in our lives. God, you make us change. You make the changes we need in our lives, God. We call upon you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The River YA. All of our links to keep in touch are down below. We hope this blessed you, and we'll see you next time at The River. Come find life.